Welcome to the Stream Roots Podcast, where you'll learn how God's unchanging truth can be applied in our ever-changing world. Through conversations with pastors and ministry leaders, you'll be encouraged, equipped, and challenged in your walk with Christ. Stream Roots is designed for pastors and leaders in the church, but is helpful for all people. And now your host, Pastor Mark Pospisil. So glad to have you join us for this episode on Reaching Out Without Selling Out. With me is my friend and producer of Stream Roots, the John Blosser. John, welcome. Thanks, man. It's good to be here. How's everything going? It's going. It's good. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. And just enjoying life. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, praise God. Mm-hmm. New year, new me. So actually, same me. <laughs> I was going to say what's new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today, we have a special guest for this episode. Joining us is Pastor Josh Bowers. Josh was on the podcast about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. He's the pastor of Cross and Anchor Church in Detroit. He planted that in 2019. Josh has been a speaker at conferences, churches, and events with an immense passion to preach God's word and reach people with the gospel. Josh, welcome to the show. Can you give us a little introduction of yourself and your family? Yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I am a, a married man with three small kids um, that are four and under. So our oldest is London, second oldest is Jack, and our youngest is August. Uh, we moved to Detroit to plant the church, so we've lived in Detroit for almost six years now. And um, the church is coming up on five years. And uh, yeah, we love this city and getting to know Michigan more and more over the years as well and just loving the whole area and glad to be here. Awesome, man. Praise God. I love it. Let's jump into our discussion. I want to read for us from God's word from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. 2 Timothy 4, 5 says this, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. In 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul gives us a great appeal and exhortation that we often forget, especially as church leaders, ministry leaders, and people who are, are at work at a church. It's, it's this, to do the work of an evangelist. There's re- this, this means that we are to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those around us, whether that's our neighbors, people that we come across, or anybody in our vicinity, whether we go to a coffee shop or where we work out, where we play sports, where we have our hobbies. Sometimes if you work in full-time ministry, you can be stuck behind the church walls and never interacting with your community or unbelievers. The Lord has called us to reach all nations and all generations with the gospel. Our local churches can adopt this mindset as well and be so inward focused that we lose sight of the community around us and of the great commission that God has given to us. So what does it mean to reach out without selling out? How can we effectively reach our communities with the truth of the gospel of Jesus? We're going to discuss these questions and more in this episode of Stream Roots. So Josh, Pastor Josh, why do you think so few pastors fail to do the work of an evangelist in their community? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit different um, for me as a church planter. Uh, versus maybe somebody who's pastoring an established church or maybe has been at a church for a while. Because I feel like with church planting, your whole mindset, at least for us, has been like, we've got to reach people or we don't have a church. Right. <laughs> so um, so <laughs> we're, we're constantly thinking about like, how can we impact our community, um, trying to get our people to live on mission, which is sometimes a little bit more challenging. Like, trying to get people to understand that we also need to preach the gospel outside of the church walls versus just 
hoping that it's going to happen on a Sunday or, or through an outreach. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's really easy after you've been somewhere for a while and you kind of fall into habits and you just do what you do. Like you, um, you can get really comfortable and it's so easy to like fall into that comfortability that keeps you from actually reaching out. Cause it's, it's challenging to interact with people who don't believe the same way that you do, hmm. uh, who don't hold the same values that you do. Um, and you know, it's a lot easier to hang out with all your buddies who think and agree, you know, about everything in the same way. Um, so yeah, I think sometimes comfortability or, or risk of rejection, uh, keeps us kind of cloistered inside of our, our churches because nobody likes the feeling of being told no, or, uh, of somebody disagreeing with them or somebody, you know, telling them that, uh, they don't think that what they believe is accurate, you know? So, um, I think those, those are the things that can kind of work against us and that we have to be mindful of, um, that keep us from doing the work of an evangelist. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes pastors, uh, you know, uh, God's given us his commission and I love it here in second Timothy. We, we often forget about it, but we can be beast like a beast behind the pulpit, but yet not even talk to our neighbors, you know, let alone get to know the people around us. Um, and I'm always shocked with how many times, few, t- few times, uh, pastors and ministry leaders invite their neighbors into their homes and, and care for those around them. And just being that, being that salt, being that light that God's called them to be. I'm um, not all, not all pastors I'm talking about, but sometimes we could just a, a adapt that mindset that we're so focused on our work and our ministry, which is hugely important. Don't get me wrong that we lose sight of our everyday aspects of life where God has called us to make disciples. I don't know. What do you think, John? Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on. I, I don't know. It's, it's easy to, to lose sight sometimes the mission that God gives you. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when, you know, you've got so many different other things going on. Yeah. Yeah. You get caught up in yeah. the tyranny of the urgent and you lose sight of just being there where God's called you to be. So, yep. Okay. So, uh, I, go, ahead, oh, Josh. go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, I think along those lines, like one of the things that can maybe keep us from um, interacting with people and trying to, you know, trying to share the gospel is that um, we sometimes think that we have to get to it like right away. Yeah. You know, so, so we're like, all right, this is my moment, you know, like here, I'm going to share the gospel with you, accept or reject. And then like, I can kind of check the box and I've done this, you know, but I think like a lot of times it, it just takes time. Like it takes time to earn people's trust. It takes time for people to get to know each other. And, um, I was even just thinking about this the other day, how, you know, it's Christmas time, at least when we're recording this and we're thinking about the incarnation, and we think of Jesus as like a, he was a gospel preacher, but he, you know, he's also a miracle worker. He fed the poor. Um, he had aspects of his ministry that kind of also earned him the, the right to be heard in a way. But before he ever preached a message, he had to learn the language. This just blew my mind because I was just thinking about how Jesus literally had to grow up as a human who laid aside, you know, portions of his divinity. So he like, he didn't, have any special information that other people didn't have in terms of he had to learn like the language that he spoke. He had to go to school. He had to, you know, all the, he had to learn his skill, his trade. So he literally had to learn the language before he ever preached a message. And I think sometimes, um, we also need to learn the language of our culture, you know, like 
there's there's things that that we can do to maybe speak the same truth but in a way that connects and relates with the people around us a little bit better or makes a little bit more sense to them or even just taking time to serve people before we share the gospel with them um not not to negate sharing the gospel because i think also like there's the the danger of you know preach the gospel at all times and if necessary use words it kind of is necessary you know (laughs) but um but that doesn't mean that we can't go the gospel as well as preach it you know it's it's not either or it's both and yeah um yeah i love that yeah yeah you know that the debunked Francis Assisi quote, which he doesn't say, by the way, uh, I had to hear that in a message not that long ago. When I talk about that at our church, you know, it's like saying, take a bath, but if necessary, use water. Yeah. You know, it's just not <laughs> the gospel is news. And, you know, part of the ministry, right? We want to love, we want to take care of people, meet the needs of our community. Yeah, those are great physical things. And we want to do both physical and spiritual and, and, and get to that point. But I really loved your point. That you feel like you need to get it all out, and you kind of need to feel like you got to vomit all out at once. Um, and and just to jump on that, like I play pickleball, love pickleball. So, do you, what you do? <laughs> and <laughs> one of the aspects of it, you know, some guys in our church play, and so we kind of started, but we met a lot of great people. It's most of the time you meet some really nice people and we become really friends and um, invite people to church. And, and probably a handful of people have been coming to our church, maybe a little bit more, because of pickleball. And and he's a, gives it a great opportunity to minister to others. And I was playing with a guy, and and we were, I was telling him about the church, and and he was you know we were just just playing around, hitting balls, talking, and and we were just uh, just telling about the church, and he was telling me about his life where he is spiritually in the church that you're not really connected to a church at all. And and then he's like, "Who's the pastor of it?" And I was like, "Well, I'm the pastor of the church." He's like, "Are you serious? We've been playing for months, and I never knew that." And I, you know, it's purposeful, you know. I don't, you know, and so, um, you know, and even like some other people I play with, uh, you know, play with like a guy who's a Muslim and some other people you know i invite them to our christmas eve services i, I talk to them and they know where i stand and and uh it's just you know sometimes it's build those relationships sometimes it's immediate and god works in all of these different ways there's not a specific way of doing the work of an evangelist just being out there and being mm. light so yeah totally yeah and i i think that people are um like as pastors it's it's, it's kind of especially challenging sometimes when you're trying to share the gospel or invite people to church like you almost, I don't know how it's been for you, but I almost have to like try to avoid or very creatively tell my profession because like, as soon as I say I'm a pastor, I, a lot of times what I feel is an immediate like wall goes up. And so like, um, not that I'm advocating lying or being deceptive, but I'm just saying like, uh, sometimes like I almost shy away from that, not out of uh, being ashamed of the gospel, but just out of like what people uh, associate, like they feel like they can't really be themselves if they're around a pastor. Like they feel like they've got to kind of either put up this spiritual veneer or they have had a bad experience with church and they'll just kind of like shut that down. But if you can, like what you said, build a relationship, hang out, let people get to know you, um, it can break a lot of those walls down. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot to be said in playing the long game especially if you've got a relationship with, you know, the person that, you know, you're hanging out with or whatever, like playing pickleball once a week or whatever. Um, you know, that, that long game is hugely important so that, you know, they can, they can start to understand like, Hey, I can trust this person. Hey, I can, you know, talk to this person without immediately being judged or condemned or, 
you know, having feelings of, you know, less than, or, you know, however people want to perceive that. But yeah, I, I, the, the, what you were saying earlier, Josh, you were, uh, you were, you were talking about a, uh, a specific situation and it brought to mind, um, a situation I had over the week where, uh, I was, I was going to get my boy's haircut and we were there talking to the barber and, you know, she asked what I did for a living and I told her and she's like, Oh, that's cool. So like you're spiritual. Like, yep. Yes, I am. I, I love Jesus very much. And, uh, she started unloading on me about like a previous guy that she had dated with, you know, like he was into the flat earth, you know, stuff oh, like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So uh, it was, it was in the moment I was thinking to myself, maybe I should have guarded that, you know, not being so open with, you know, what I do for a living. But at the same time I was just like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, we got to some gospel truths in the conversation. So, you know, praise God that that happened. But um, yeah, I, I totally see the, uh, you know, not, not wanting to divulge too much information about what you do. Cause then it, you know, people just treat you differently. Yeah. It depends on the situation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Right. So, so Josh, what does it mean to reach out without selling out? What does that mean? What do you, can you explain that? What, what do you, how can we do yeah. that? Be biblically faithful and culturally relevant. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, it means that um, you have to present the the full gospel. You know, I, I mean, I think like obviously we know uh, a lot of great ministries or nonprofits that started off as ministries mm-hmm. and then over time have kind of like been so watered down that they've just become a humanitarian organization and not a, a gospel centered organization. So I think you have to really maintain this emphasis on the gospel is um is the most important thing like um now i also think that the gospel being the most important thing um should work itself out in in how we live and how we treat people and in in how we serve people and all of that stuff so i i think you have to kind of hold these truths together um but i i think like selling out would be um, you know, just doing good works, but not ever mentioning Jesus, you know, it would be, um, giving people a pat on the back without like talking to them about, you know, what's the most important thing, which is eternity. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we just did an outreach, um, here at our church in Detroit and it was a big, like families could come and shop for free for gifts for their kids for Christmas. And, um, and it was just kind of a way for us to like introduce ourselves more to our community, um, for them to know where we're at. And then we were inviting them back for Christmas services. Um, and we'll, we'll see if they come or if they don't come, but like we wanted to have something that was like an opportunity for them to also hear the gospel, you know? Um, and so I think, I think we just have to keep that in the forefront of our minds and, and, uh, and, Selling out, I, I think, uh, would mean that we are neglecting the gospel, and um, and we're just helping people, but not including Jesus. You know? Yeah, yeah. I remember in college, I did a biography on Hudson Taylor. I read a biography on Hudson Taylor. 
uh, over in East Asia, you know, parts of China. He reached people with the gospel as a missionary. And they had a lot of different Christian missionaries all throughout there, but most of their focus was almost extremely on medical missions, which medical missions is an important thing. Love it. It's important. We need it. But they had no, uh, no one was sharing the gospel. No one was learning who these people are, learning the culture. And so he did something radical. He lived in their villages. He learned their language. He dressed as they did and we went and preached the gospel to him. And everyone thought he was crazy, but it was like, it was, it was just the, the word of God advanced. And it was, it was amazing. It was awesome. And so he did, it, I forgot what it was, but he reached more people in like a year than, med, than, than all of the medical missions combined in like a hundred years or something, something nuts like that. Don't quote wow. me. Don't quote me on that. But it's something like uh, extreme, uh, you know, of just let's go and be the salt and be the light of the world that God's called us to be. And medical missions, yes, those are great. But let's don't forget the the true medical mission yeah. of, of of Christ. And and so you know we do those things in order to preach. We we do those things out of the overflow of what we believe. So I love it. So how can the local church and ministries reach our communities better? So you talked about a local outreach you guys did. Uh, what, what would you say for that? You know, you're a church planner. You, you really need to be an expert on this or your church is going to die out, right? And so what, what do you think our local churches and ministries can do to reach our communities better? Well, yeah, I, th- I think that um, in our context here in Detroit, um, there's a lot of churches where um, the pastor like doesn't even live in Detroit, you know, like they, they live maybe in the suburbs for one reason or another. Um, I'm not even necessarily trying to, to judge that, but I do think it's helpful, um, when you can be around the people that, that you're trying to minister to. Um, we, we've kind of like contemplated the idea, even as a church, although we haven't landed for sure on what we're going to do yet, but the idea of, uh, multiplication for us, like if we were to start something or send someone out, um, even if we were to have another location, like maybe of trying to, to kind of take a neighborhood approach to it. So like, um, there's lots of different neighborhoods inside of Detroit. And so, um, what if instead of like going as we grow to another location that can host more people, what if we just said, Hey, we're going to go to this neighborhood and we're going to start a second location and we're really going to embrace this neighborhood. It doesn't mean you can't come to this church if you live outside of this neighborhood, but we're going to really like own this block and we're going to get to know these people Um, you know, we're going to serve them. We're going to find the needs here. Um, so I think that that's really helpful when you can just literally be around. It's the incarnational approach to, uh, to ministry. Um, yeah. And then obviously getting to know the needs of your community, like, uh, what are the struggles? Uh, what are the, the challenges? What are the strongholds? Um, you know, in terms of mindsets or, uh, or even specific idolatry or, or sin issues, you know, um, I think as you're becoming more and more aware of that, you're able to even preach with that in mind. Um, you're able to kind of, I, I think of like Tim Keller in, in New York city was such a brilliant apologist and he was always thinking of the average New Yorker who had X, Y, or Z question about their faith or about faith in general. And he was always making an on-ramp for them in his message, you know? Um, and so, yeah, if you, if you want to even do the work of an evangelist as you preach, like just always thinking about who's here for the first time and what is their their viewpoint on what I'm preaching and how can I kind of address that and bring them in um, versus just being like, well, it's the Bible, believe it, you know? Um, like 
just assuming I'm preaching to a non-Christian person, like I wouldn't want to be able to tailor kind of in a way what I'm preaching to make sense to them. Mm. Um, so those are a few things that come to mind. Okay. I love it. Um, so what we do is we do a Christmas outreach you know, we do a lot of different ones. Uh, you actually just on Saturday, a bunch of people in our church got together and went door to door and passed out invites to Christmas Eve and all throughout the community and mapped out the community. And, and it was awesome. You know, God meets there and does amazing things. And uh, I got to pray with a lot of people, got to invite a lot of people. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a huge thing when people kind of forget that, like, Oh, that's kind of old school. It's not really old school. And if the door's open to share the gospel, we do that. But really we just want to invite them to know them we're here. Uh, we also uh, do something as well for our community and uh, people in need who are uh, in poverty. We, we get them Christmas presents for their families. Uh, we take care of our own church, yes, but we do it our community as well. And you know, I think we do like over a hundred families and that's just a great way. Hey, we love you. Uh, this is a free, this is something freely we give to you just as God gave freely his son, Jesus for us. Oh, and, it, and it opens up doors to share with them, invite them to come to church, come to, to know that we're here and we're here to be a blessing to them and to our community. And we just do things throughout the year. We want to equip our people. Uh, there's just a lot of different things that we do. So, so what does cross and anchor do to equip your people to share the gospel with others? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, to be honest, I feel like this is an area that we could improve in and grow in. Um, I do think we're always like thinking about ways that we can equip our people to be able to invite their friends to church. Um, even in how we approach social media, like it's, it's intended to be very accessible for somebody who is, uh, you know, not used to coming to church or not interested in that. Um, so we're putting that out and giving kind of like handles, if you will, that people can grab onto to invite their friends. But in terms of like uh, equipping our church to like be able to to communicate for themselves the gospel um, and for their friends to come to know Christ, I think that's an area that we honestly need to grow in. Um, I, uh, I feel like we have small groups that we call dinner parties and the dinner parties are they're, they're mostly community focused, like building fellowship, you know, within our church. But we also have within that kind of like the goal and the hope that people would even invite friends from their neighborhood to their dinner party. Cause it just is a little bit less intimidating to say, Hey, come to our dinner party than it is to like, to say, come to our church, you know? Um, and so, um, there have been instances where that's happened and people are then surrounded, um, by those who do have faith and are talking about their faith. And there's a time of prayer and discussion from God's word in those nights. So it's kind of like a soft introduction, I guess, to, to Christian community. Um, and I think that that's an asset. Like I, I, I feel like um, in our post-Christian society, like we're, we're more and more disconnected um, than ever before. And I think community can actually be a part of our evangelism Um Versus, you know, just coming to church and, and hearing a message, I think being surrounded by other people who are walking in faith and love each other and kind of bring you in, I think it can also be a really great method of evangelism. But um, but I think we can grow in like teaching our church how to preach the gospel um, and for them to be able to do the work of an evangelist. Uh, so 
just leveling with you, just being honest with you. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's why we're here. Uh, we, I think we all need to do that. You know what I mean? All of our churches need that. I, I know our church needs it too. You know, and that's what we're doing at the uh, end of January. Uh, you know, we, we, I do this class, uh, how to, how to share your faith. You know, it's like a two hour class and, um, and just to equip our people. And I want to do that, you know, once or twice a year and some probably, probably need to do it more. Um, but just equipping people with that ability to, to share the gospel, how to share their faith, how, how to, I love the idea of the dinner parties, you know, and just invite their neighbors over. That's like so key to doing the work of an evangelist. That's just so key to being in our community, loving those around us. That's, that's just something that the church did and something we need to do as well. So. Okay. Um, one, one thing I actually want to highlight is a book called Radical Ordinary Hospitality by Rosaria Butterfield. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It was great. You know, our, our, our staff studied it years ago and just about inviting our neighbors over and just having radical but ordinary hospitality, just, just ordinary, just as a follower of Jesus, what it should look like. So uh, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend that book. Josh, do you have any resources you would recommend for us? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Bible. Um, no, there's not anything that's come into mind off the top of my head. Um, but I just think like on a practical note, um, which is also a spiritual note, but just like, uh, just praying that God would give you opportunities to share your faith. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like it's such a simple prayer, but God will answer that. Like that's a, that's a prayer that you don't even have to wonder if he's going to answer. And, um, I think as you go throughout your day with that in mind, um, God's going to open doors and you just have to walk through them. And, um, it might be a little bit scary at first, but like, I feel like God's also really gracious in the opportunities he gives us knowing like what we, we can handle, you know? And, um, and growing us and giving us opportunities to take larger and larger steps over time. But, um, but yeah, I think like just praying for those opportunities, keeping maybe some cards on hand, uh, like for your church, uh, like invites that you could just hand out in a moment's notice. Um, and, uh, and then just noticing people's needs. You know, I, I think like when somebody's hurting, um, they're, they're, they're just much more open and offering to pray for them. Um, you know, that kind of mercy type ministry, uh, I think that that will always give you a chance to preach the gospel or to at least extend an invite to church. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just the gift of prayer. So, all right. Well, Hey, thanks Josh so much for your time, your insight. Keep doing what you're doing. Preach that gospel. Do the work of evangelists. Let me sign off here. Barnab- uh, Stream Roots is a production of Barnabas Ministries. You can learn more at barnabasministriesmi.org. That's barnabasministriesmi.org. If you find this podcast helpful, we encourage you to subscribe or leave a review or tell a friend. It allows us to get God's word out to more and more people. We release an episode every Monday morning. Stream Roots, drawing deep from the living water of God's word.